All right, just a real, 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 real quick note uh, for this episode. So Dustin and I actually got to sit down and talk to each other. We haven't gotten to do that in a while. Um, we're recording this on Monday, March 16th. A lot has happened with the coronavirus. A lot may happen before this episode posts. So all this information we have is accurate as of March 16th, Monday. Uh, en- enjoy the discussion. do it dustin i just said that do it <laughs> hey dude how's it going <laughs> it's good how are you man it's good it's been a while since we've been able to actually sit down and, and talk like this so uh uh yeah, it's been a while. for such a decade it's been a, it's been a, a it's been a minute it's been a uh, uh five or six weeks since we've recorded a, a traditional episode of the show yeah. yeah um but uh but the coronavirus is upon us um it is and that's what we're talking about because Day after day, as information keeps changing and updating, mm. it's having more and more of an effect, you know, on on everybody. But um, but to talk about the film industry specifically, um, it's weird because like this thing started in China and it would yeah. have impacted the industry even if it had just stayed in China. It would have yeah, totally. it would have impacted theater attendance because China is such a big market. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to think of like even if it had stayed put, things would be happening. Um, yeah. It would mostly yeah. just be low box office um, instead of us seeing headlines about the lowest bo- lowest box office in 20 years. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's crazy. A lot of the articles I have pulled up are, are a little bit dated. Um, mm. You know, I've got things like just, you know, a general sense of like what's been affected. Uh, we've got TVs and shows and movies that are delayed or canceled. Um, yeah. The production of um, we've got Universal. Um releasing um uh moving new releases to on demand um we got you know crowds being limited we got uh also AMC maybe facing um a a situation where they have to sell assets so they can have liquid cash mm-hmm. um and then uh w- w- who just announced Regal is it Regal who's down Regal nationwide yeah yeah they're shutting down every location oh and there's it's, it's, it's crazy. I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> um right. but it's just, it's, I think we just wanted to get on today just to, just in general to say, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of stuff happening. It's a lot of stuff happening. Um, so, uh, again, yeah, I, I'm not sure where exactly to begin except just to say, um, uh, <laughs> um, this, it's obviously never happened before. And, um, Never to this extent, and we're seeing, you know, it, it, what, some of these things, it's like the virus itself. It starts kind of small, and you're like, oh, that sucks. And then it keeps mm-hmm. going, you're like, okay. And then, like, as it goes, it, it compounds exponentially. Yeah. It goes from, like, four to eight to 16 cases, you know. And then, yeah. but for, in the, the impact on the industry is the same way. It starts small because everyone's like, all right, I really don't want to move. 
it's just like any, it's just like human nature. It's like, I really don't want to move any of these dates I set up. There's a lot of right. money tied up in these dates. And after a while you yeah. go, all right, we have to cancel the release of a quiet place and we have to move yeah. fast nine back a year. And then other studios go, Oh my God, Universal's moving movies back. What are we going to, we need to, okay. It looks like we ought to as well. And then you have right. an announcement after announcement. Mulan is, is, is um, suspended. Black Widow might get suspended. Um, so many movies are, are being, Pushed back. It's just so crazy, man. Because because it's not like they're being pushed back like a week or two. Right? No, like these these it could are be a huge. year. Yeah, at least a yes. few months. Like the first one that I remember like noticing was No Time to Die, the new Bond film, right, which right. was slated for release in April, is now opening in November. And so it's like that's huge. But then like F9 comes and blows it out of the water and yeah. says, okay, well, we'll just delay for 11 months. Let's just do this once. <laughs> Measure twice, yeah. cut once. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and, and there's some, there's some uh, genius to that because – you know, the idea is if we're going to invest in marketing, then let's invest once, not, you know, right. have to invest and then reinvest. Because the whole idea of this is we can make more money or rather we're, we'll lose less money yeah. by <laughs> by moving it and, and, and spending all of that money on marketing as a or remarketing rather rather than rather than let it sit in a theater that no one's going to come to so and it makes sense it's just like man like it, it it's so weird because we're in this weird state where we can't we can't predict like oh well april will be fine or may will right. be fine or june will be fine so people are just like moving their films either you know, a full year out or they're just, it's just TBD. It, it, it'll just happen when it happens. Right. And, um, you know, some in the case of like a quiet place part two, which was slated to open, I think this week. Yeah. It's supposed to be out right now. It, uh, it, 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 they're just like, oh, we'll open it eventually. And and that's all we have. Right. Yeah. It, it'll happen eventually. It sucks because and, the reviews are good. Like yeah, the, the people yeah, who, exactly. the critics who had already screened it were saying, you know, the first film was, was a tough act to follow and, and John Krasinski did it. Yeah, they they already did their premiere. Um, they had their press screenings, yep. um, and so I guess all of those folks are just embargoed. And they've done uh, all their um, they've done all like their what I call soft press junkets, where they go on podcasts yeah. and they and they they you know they the, John Krasinski was supposed to host Saturday Night Live, I think. Like yeah, and then SNL's on. Yeah, hiatus. yeah, yeah. So it's like it, which I'm sure to him is just like oh well, I mean. Uh, promote what you know <laughs> right exactly so i mean i mean there's always it's always cool to be like asked to host snl oh, yeah. i'm sure it's an honor and and whatever but at the same time it's like you know what it was an honor to be asked and to be announced and uh hey guess what now i don't have to do it so right cool. now, I'm, i'll just spend worlds. i'll just spend a week in new york not working that's fine <laughs> right now everyone's gonna say like oh it would have been cool if he had done it and now yeah. there's like no reviews of it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no kidding no one no one to say he sucked yeah Man, it's nuts. Um, you know, uh, we, (laughs) it's crazy too, to watch like human nature react to these things uh, in a way of saying like, I really don't want to have to deal like just, just watching what becomes important to people as, as the thing unfolds, you know, it's just like, it's more like, Oh God, I don't want to wash my hands more or I don't have to worry about washing my hands. And then it comes down to like, Oh, like we might have to like work from home and oh my kids school is closed for a month you know it's yeah. it, then all of a sudden it's like and then you remember oh that's right 
I'm not dying. That's great too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you think about what's going on with Italy, Italy is a is a basically a third world country right now. You know, yeah. I don't know if you know that much about what's going on over there, but people in Italy, um, there's so many cases, there's so many elderly cases that, and there's not enough hospital workers that they're just they they're forced to just leave the people leave a lot of people in the hallway to die so that they mm-hmm. can work on people who might live. It's right. awful. Um, yeah. So, 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 so when I see like spring, like I was watching, you know, on the news this morning, they're interviewing people down in, in Gulf Shores for spring break, you know, like 21 year old people like, Hey, what do you think of the coronavirus? They're like, Oh, I feel like I'm going to get it. I think it's cool. We'll just come down here and party. It's like, man, know, fuck dude, you. You know, it's just a breeding <laughs> ground at that point. You got to stop it. You don't understand, yeah. you know? Yeah. So as stupid as this all kind of sounds when big studios are, are pushing things back like this, I mean, Again, if a teenager doesn't understand public health, they're never going to understand like when businesses make decisions that are bad for them financially, it's yeah. a big deal and it means yeah. something. It means something that these multi-million dollar, you know, poker hands essentially are are being delayed and uh it's 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 nuts. Now, yeah. the movie industry uh, as opposed to other industries can bounce back uh sure. better than uh, other industries can because, you know, if, if the restaurant industry, you know, people, you know, you can't go to restaurants or restaurants are doing takeout only. So mm-hmm. restaurants are going to take a big hit and that's already a slim profit margin. Yeah. So are theaters, by the way. But yep. the difference is that when you get out of court, let's see, this all ends in May or June, you come mm-hmm. out and you're like, all right, uh, quarter two is over. Um, all right, cool. Um, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back uh, to eating out once a week at my favorite restaurant, you're not going to go there twice a week. Now you're just going to go back to once a week. Like you usually did with movies. When you've got a bunch of, you already have the summer releases and the fall winter releases. And then you add to it all the spring movies and early summer releases that were supposed to come out. You have a more densely populated, um, theater roster and yep. you've you've just spent two or three months in quarantine where you've been forced to watch streaming you've watched everything right. that disney plus and hulu and amazon and netflix have to offer and you're like all right here's all these movies i wanted to see and i couldn't go see and now i'm gonna go see them and the ones i wanted to see during this time of year anyways so while quarter two might be a, a shit show for for theaters and the box office it could really make quarter three and four super fat for the movie industry and potentially save them overall um, from from taking too much of a hit. Totally. And you, you have to assume like the, the interest in these things don't go down. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like, Oh, I couldn't see a quiet place in March. Well, it's a sense that you've lost out on something and and you want to regain it. It's, it's like a little personal victory. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have that list of the things that are, it's, it's a mind boggling list of how, of things that have been, do you have TV shows and movies that are delaying production or do you have films? Yeah. yeah releases I've, got, that are, I've got all of that. So, so yeah. the timeline I have starts with February 24th where mission impossible seven production was halted. They mm-hmm. were shooting in Italy. Hang uh, on. Sorry. Let me, I, 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 God, I do this to you all the time. I'm sorry, Dustin. No, you're good. You're I, good. I, I want to just pull, and I, you, know, you know what? We talked about those movies anyways. You're fine. Oh, one movie I did <laughs> want to point out. Well, sorry. I'm going to do it one more yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Stuckman pointed out that I don't know if you saw his video yet, but Chris Chris Stuckman made a video pretty much like, hey, I'm not going to review new movies for a while because obviously I can't. So I'm going to yep. be doing a few of these things on the channel for the next couple of months. Um, and he was talking about all the movies got pushed back and he said, 
he said, Marvel's New Mutants. God, that movie is cursed. Yeah, it is, dude. <laughs> because that when was that 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 film's been like in the can for like three years. Yes, yeah, so finally well before Dark Phoenix finally got to release it. Um, yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> And, I know, it, and they had to delay it again. God. Anyways, <laughs> this I feel so bad for them. <laughs> I know it's true. Um, All yeah, right. and then so 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 February twenty fourth, production of Mission Impossible Seven was halted in Italy. Mm. Um, March sixth, South by Southwest Film Festival was canceled. Yep. Um, game shows start filming without audiences. And then, uh, and that's, that's can you, uh, March 10th. Can you picture and, America's Funniest Home Videos, Alfonso Ribeiro running through an empty studio, <laughs> high-fiving a bunch of mannequins? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier production was I halted. I saw that. I, I would have yeah. thought that was shot already. I know. It's, no, it's it's still being worked good. on. No but, wonder uh, they said more. sometime in the fall. They kept saying sometime in the fall. Yep. It's like, when? Yep. Oh, because yeah, exactly. you haven't shot it yet. Yep. Gah. Totally. Um, Survivor production uh, delayed. Riverdale production suspended. Mm. Uh, talk shows then moved to having no studio audiences. So yeah. I don't know if you've seen this. You can actually um, look on YouTube. And um, there was like a recommended video from Jimmy Fallon in my feed the other day. And I clicked on it. And like like two jokes in, I was like, man, this audience is dead. Like what oh, is happening? Oh, boy. And, th- and then it, sh- it like struck me like, oh, it's because no one's there. No one's there. And it's so awkward. Like parts of it are fine uh-huh. because they feel more conversational and like, yeah. you know, it's like a it's, bunch of dudes hanging out. Yeah. Right. But but like it's so barren like when when there's like a punchline and there's no reaction or it's just like you know his producers laughing it really exposes the holes in some of these weird institutions we have like again it strictly does. with movies like forget healthcare and pay time off for a second but like just with yeah, yeah. movies it's like it's crazy how 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 much the system relies on this happening it's it's just a big interwoven thing and when you have a weird format like talk shows you know it, I know, I know. And and when you don't have that immediate audience reaction to, mm-hmm. to like judge how well you're doing, right. um, you, it just comes across flat the whole time because you you just you have no context for it. Yeah, and so then E3 canceled, the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards mm-hmm. canceled, uh, Paley Fest canceled, CinemaCon canceled. Um, then you, you have um, – Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson contract coronavirus. Yep, in Australia. Uh, yeah, in Australia, they're shooting Baz Luhrmann's new Elvis Presley biopic, and it, uh, yeah, they they got it. And mm. so, and and that sucks because like when that happened, I knew like okay, this is gonna send ripples down down the pike because this isn't like just some dude, right? Like this is Tom Hanks. Yeah, everyone freaking loves Tom Hanks. It, it couldn't have happened to a, a more sympathetic personality. Um. So then Universal Television delays production on their shows. Um, then we have um, uh, oh shoot, what what's next? Uh, looks like Ryan Murphy's The Prom stops production. Turner Classic Movies Film Festival canceled. Apple TV's The Morning Show going on hiatus. Um, WonderCon postponed. Uh, Disneyland and Universal Studios close. Tribeca Film Festival postponed. Disney delays a whole bunch of their films. Um, Apple TV Plus and Skydance Television Foundation 
their their show foundation halts production um warner brothers paramount and sony stopped studio tours uh, carnival row over on amazon halted um late night talk shows halt production mm-hmm. uh, this is fairly recent um and then uh netflix offices shut down um marvel's shang chi production halted yeah the director went into self-quarantine yeah, he has a he has like a newborn baby, so he's yeah. like, yeah, like, nope, <laughs> yep, can't do that. Um, the Flash, Batwoman, Supergirl, Lucifer, all halted. Um, for some reason, Dollywood closing is on this list. Um, <laughs> Disney pauses production on their movies, so this would include The Last Duel, the live action remake of The Little Mermaid, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, the Home Alone reboot that nobody wants, uh, <laughs> Nightmare Alley, which is Guillermo del Toro's new movie, and the live action uh, Peter Pan and Wendy. Yeah. Um, so lots of stuff. Then, of course, Disney stops production on their TV pilots. They had um, th- this. Variety says they had 16 different TV pilots that got halted. Um, Sony halts production on Nightingale and Wheel of Time. Don't know what those are, but cool. Um, (laughs) Netflix shuts down production for all movies and shows. That includes Stranger Things, which is filming here in Georgia. Um, Regal Cinemas uh, closes down. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel stops production. Uh, let's see. Apple TV Plus stops production on active series. So this would include Sea, Servant, For All Mankind, um, Lizzie's Story, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet. That doesn't even sound like a thing. Um, These all sound like FX, bands. I know. <laughs> <laughs> FX shuts down production on their shows. So that would be Atlanta, Fargo, Snowfall, and Why the Last Man. Uh, um, Universal shuts down Jurassic World. The Batman shuts down. Yeah. Um, that was over in London. Loki and WandaVision, they get halted. Um, then, uh, you know, let's see today's show staffer test positive for coronavirus. Yeah. Al Roker uh, and, uh, Craig Melvin were like, Nope, I'm no, not I'm going out. to work. <laughs> um, then, then the hands, handmaid's tale, the witcher, Lord of the Rings and more production shut down. Yeah. Um, this is, I think today, um, maybe yesterday. And then, um, Fantastic Beasts 3 halts production. Hopefully that can just be canceled. Yeah, let's just cancel um, that movie. <laughs> the Matrix 4 shuts down in Berlin. Um, again, eh, okay. Um, and then and then you push back Fargo's release date. That brings us up to date. Oh, Uncharted. Uh, Sony's Uncharted movie starring Tom oh, Holland yeah. is, uh, is delayed as well. Um, A movie which, that feels make-believe as it is. You know, I know. That movie's never going to get made either, yeah. which – it's probably for the better. I love Tom Holland. Sure. But, uh, I don't want him to be everywhere because my God, he's everywhere right now. I don't he's... want him to be Nathan Drake. I'm sorry. Like, no. Even a young Nathan Drake. No, I just it doesn't want, make I, any sense at all. I want an older Nathan Drake. It should have been Mark uh, Wahlberg. It should have. It sh- well, it should have been Nathan Fillion. But, it should have you know, been Nathan Fillion. But yeah, if, since it's not going to be Nathan Fillion, it should have been Mark Wahlberg. Well, they had Mark Wahlberg playing um, Nathan he's, Drake's mentor. I so. know, but that's almost like uh, a. I know we should have, but we're not going to. So suck well, it. Well, but Sully, Sully, he's not Sully at all. In the Nathan Fillion thing, that was played by Stephen Lang, and it was like perfect. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. So it, it, a ton of stuff are you know gets affected, and then and then you mentioned that Universal is now breaking their theatrical window. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have a uh, video on demand for, um, I think, I think they announced, what was it? It was Trolls. Trolls World Tour, a sequel to a movie no one likes, a sequel yeah. that no one wanted, Correct. now gets to go down his history as the first at doing something. And I hate Correct. when, when movies 
that don't deserve to be remembered, <laughs> getting remembered, remembered for things. Yes. Ho- hopefully what happens is they release it. No one gets it. And then yeah. they realize like, oh, maybe we don't do video on demand while things are in theaters. And then I was the theater just explaining to my wife the other night, like things like this tend to push forward technology, but like, or, or it forces you to talk about it. And it's like, this is, this is the big push for monetizing video on demand that the industry is going to be forced to look at and figure yeah. out that they still don't know how to, how to monetize it. And I explained yeah. the pricing model that you and I talked about. And it's like, how do you, how do you know how much to charge? How do you know how many people are watching? How do you do I that? Say, without privacy they announced a price didn't they it was like it was 20 bucks 20 bucks yeah but it's just like and, even then how do they know how can that yeah, possibly see, be that, profitable and, and that's so dumb too because you have to assume especially with that film that it's going to be like you know a family a of bunch three of kids or four yeah. that, are, that are watching this and and so you're losing money on that yeah. um but again if you charge 50 yeah the family of two or three, they're not going to watch it. Right. And then, and then there's people like me. It's like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not, no. I'm not going to watch it anyway, even if it was a dollar and a half, but, <laughs> but you know, it, the fact that it's 20 bucks, it's like, no, I'm definitely not seeing that because not even for review purposes, it's $20. Right. No, <laughs> no. It's like, there should be a way to like, be like, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have one person watch this. And then you verify that somehow. And then they charge you for one person. But that'll never happen. It's it's having a, a big effect on the industry, and you know it's it's I don't know how it gets. I mean, it can't get much like it's not like new things will be. It's not like there will be any new developments on coronavirus with 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 Hollywood. It'll just be this news, except longer or worse. Yeah. Like theaters will be will be closed. You know until June. You know past all the big made release dates. Um, you know, television shows will continue to not be in production and it'll just be a snowball. And again, it's not like a huge thing, like in terms of like you as a consumer, because I mean, let's face it, there's so much to watch. It's not like you're going to be like, oh my God, what do I watch now? You're not going to experience a dry spell in entertainment, um, you lazy bitches. But, you know, (laughs) you will see like a bunch of things maybe you were looking forward to it's going to take longer. Like if they're halting production on a bunch of, I mean, actors take contracts based on when their next job is going to end. Assumedly you read it all the time about sometimes, Oh, I had to drop out scheduling conflicts or, you know, we had to do reshoots. So I had to like lose out on this role. And then someone else got it and got famous because of it. Um, so I'm wondering all these A-list stars and all the TV shows they're shooting. It's like when that schedule gets disrupted, I wonder what other projects there are in development that have to wait now. Like, right. like how much longer we have to wait for Guardians 3 if Chris Pratt has to delay filming for um, Jurassic, for Jurassic World. World or James Gunn can't, I mean, can't premiere or can't you know get together and have production meetings and post-production on Suicide Squad. Like how much does that delay other projects? You know, if you can't free up Anthony Mackie for this thing or that thing, how does that delay all these Marvel shows? How does that delay the films? I mean, they're supposed to link up with the films. Um, mm-hmm. What's going on with that? You know, it's 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 a bunch of logistics. It's just like someone, it's a big delicate balance that we have. And then someone ran over and just like grabbed the Monopoly board and just flipped it over. Like, there you go, pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's like, oh God, what are you doing? And <laughs> and, we're, and we have to, you know, we can't even find all the pieces. Yeah, um, exactly. It's crazy. It's um again, it's it's not like, you know, at least people at least like, you know, people aren't dropping like flies, you know what I mean? Um right. 
but you know, we're here to talk about movies and, and it's the most significant thing happening in movies right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what you can do, obviously, especially if you're stuck working at home or you're, um, you know, is, is if there's ever been a TV show that you want to get into and you thought, oh, I don't have that much time. You got time now. Now's the chance. Yeah. yeah. Or you read some good books or you, you catch up on some movies or you, you, you know, you, you watch the, the Marvel films finally, or, you mm-hmm. know, you want to watch the back to the future trilogy or you want to, you want to watch the extended edition of Lord of the Rings. You know, it's a really a time to indulge in time, uh, time sensitive, um, uh, or, you know, time consuming, uh, uh, consumption. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, well, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I guess I just wanted to discuss yeah. that with you. It's we haven't gotten to touch base about that really. I know. Um, I mean, it's for, just so crazy. For my part, um, my kids are out of school starting. I mean, by the time this airs, my kids' yeah. school is closed for like at least three weeks. So I'm yeah. working from home. Thankfully, I can do that. Um, and I'm just trying to keep them entertained and. Uh, you know, and just hope that this all passes without, um, too much economic impact, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. I know it's, it's unprecedented. And it's one of those things where it's like, you kind of know we're, we're living in something that will be in the history books. Yeah. And we'll be telling our grandkids about this, this time. But for actual, like, this was dangerous reasons. Like I feel like people yeah, say yeah. all the time, like, Oh, and you know, like, these are unprecedented times, you know, the impeachment. And I'm just like, okay, but like on a nuts and bolts level, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. But right. when it's like, Oh, Oh, what was it like to live through the coronavirus? It was like, Woo, that was nuts. Right. You know, exactly. like it was a mixture of, I feel perfectly safe to, but I don't know if the system can survive this for too long. Yep. Like it's, yep. it's, it's more, I think most people, especially most young people who are, you know, aware of this stuff are less worried about their own health, mm-hmm. you know, second most worried about infecting older people who can very much be killed by this thing. And yep. a close third is I'm really worried about how all of this shuttering is going to ripple across the global economy. Yep. Um, and so the, of, of course the lens we've chosen to look at through is movies, but there's a whole lot more serious things like hospitals and, you know, yep. Yep. um, so, I mean, I have a newborn, so I'm obviously most concerned about him. And then me and my older son both have, you know, asthma. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not worried about that, but I, I get four hours of sleep and I have asthma. Right, like right. I'm, I'm not in the best of immune, immuno defense for this, mm-hmm. for this illness. At the same time, I'm not, I'm 30 years old and I'm not personally worried. I would just yeah. like to do my part keep yep. this thing away from me and my family. Um, yep. you know, keep my, keep my employer, um, keep, 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 keep the business I work for, uh, running yep. and, uh, keep my paycheck coming in and, uh, just mitigate any potential harm that this will do economically. I'm going to let right. the smart people worry about all the health and I'm just going to do my part to, um, you know, Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to do your part too to to keep other people healthy, mm-hmm. um, because you know it, it's it's one thing, and it's it's super uh, tempting to say like, oh, well, I can just run out of the store really quick and grab this one thing, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah. great, that's fine, but you don't know you don't know the ramifications of you actually doing that. Right. And, and, and so, and so you have to just be, be smart about it. Mm -hmm. Like, do you need that thing? Yeah. Or, 
or, or can you survive without it for another little bit? Luckily or, I buy in yeah. bulk anyways. So yeah. I have yeah. lots of toilet paper. And yeah, exactly. Because exactly. Oh, I'll send you, a, I'll send you a picture later. My daughter, <laughs> I picked up my daughter and went to Costco today just to grab a few more things. Yep. And the shelves were 100% empty of toilet paper. Those gigantic, I'll send it to you. I, I took a picture of her like in front of this massive empty shelf. It was surreal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's going to be it for that, I guess. Uh, so yeah. what's, I, I guess we'll go to the break now. And what are we talking about after the break? It's uh, the farewell. Are we doing the farewell? Farewell. Yeah. Cool. And then I'll throw a crawl at the end of this episode. Just, just Sweet. for the hell of it. All right, cool. All right, Dustin. Thanks dude. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. See you later, man. See y'all. Again, the first movie I want to talk about tonight is Midnight Special. It's time. You ready? Yeah. Great. I wouldn't know where to start. You would have fits. Things would break. It was like a feeling. Kind of feeling. We need to know where he is. You all have no clue what you're dealing with, do Thinks you're their safe. Dad, it's okay. special came out last year I think and uh, it stars Michael Shannon, Joel Edgerton um, Kirsten Dunst and um, and it's about a couple of guys what, why does the car sound like this? Sorry um, oh because it's so cold um, it is about um, it's about a little boy who has some sort of strange ability they don't really define it too much, um, but uh, <laughs> he has very dangerous powers that he, or, or I will say powers, he has a very dangerous um, ability that he is having trouble containing, um, very destructive, um, and very sought after. And these two guys, played by Joel Edgerton and Michael Shannon, are trying to get him to a place um, 
uh, in a way, and, and it's simultaneously es- um, escaping him from this cult, basically. Uh, that's that's the plot of the movie. Um, I can't really tell you what I think that this film is about. So there's a lot of people who really love Midnight Special. I read it off some list, like the most overlooked, of the most overlooked science fiction films of the decade or something. Um, and, and so people like Midnight Special. And I think sometimes movies like this, um, I can really get into and I can really derive my own meaning from it. And some movies are made, it seems, for the audience to sort of you know, fill them, fill it with their own interpretations, fill it with their own themes and morals and whatever. Um, and those are always a gamble for me because sometimes that really works and sometimes it just comes off like, oh, cool, I didn't really feel that much during this film. And that's how I felt during Midnight Special. I gave this three stars. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's. It, I just. I just thought it was really forgettable. Uh, it's. It's a simple little story. Uh, the casting is good. I love Joel Edgerton. I love Michael Shannon. I love Kirsten Dunst. It's just a little slow in parts, and it ultimately doesn't seem like it had anything to say. And and I, I don't think it's a must see. Now, again, I'm trying to keep the context correct here because people enjoy this film for reasons that I did not enjoy this film. So. I don't recommend it to people because most people that I talk to who ask me to, I recommend movies to them, want some pretty straightforward movies. So it's just like, oh, oh yeah, Midnight Special. It's a contemplative statement on the blah, blah. They don't care. Um, and neither do I, really. I mean, again, if the mood strikes just right and the film is just right, um, these kinds of movies can, can work on me, and Midnight Special just did not land. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't see it. It just means that I wouldn't recommend to people like me to see it. I wouldn't recommend this to my friends. Um, and I haven't. And uh, and that's that. The other movie is the much-talked-about, Oscar-nominated, The Farewell. What's wrong, Dad? Please tell me. Manette is dying. She doesn't know, so you can't say anything. The family thinks it's better not to tell her. Why is that better? Chinese people have saying, when people get cancer, they die. I have to go to China. Wedding is an excuse so everyone can see her. He's my only cousin. Don't you think I should be there? You can't hide your emotions. If you go, Nana will find out right away. Really? Huh?咋不说话呢？今天人多急呀，好久没什么剧了。奶奶就等着这一天呢。哎，大口咬。哇哈哈哈哈哈哈你觉得我们应该告诉奶奶吗太痛苦了吧如果她想说再见呢你告诉她就毁了她美好的心情你说对吧到了她的肩膀上你说我都怀疑我又不在她俩在卧室呢干
这正是西方和东方的文化差异问题。东方人是把生命看作是集体的，家庭。因为生活呀，不光是你去做什么，更是你如何去做。啊啊啊！好多了，好多了，好多了，再来点气儿，再来点气儿。I also saw the farewell, and the farewell. Is about a an Asian family, Chinese family,、um, who their the matriarch of the family gets a I don't know if they even, they even say cancer, but she gets a diagnosis. Sorry, I had to yawn. She gets a diagnosis that she、um, is terminally ill and will not. Live very long. Thing is,、uh, she does not know that it is her her sister or her friend or somebody who actually gets the news at the appointment from the doctor with her, and decides that they're not going to tell her so that she doesn't freak out about her impending death.、Um, but instead, they're going to have they're going to cook up this elaborate ruse. To get the family together one last time to say goodbye to her without saying goodbye to her,、uh, so they have this. They have one of the cousins, or whatever, who's getting married. I, and I honestly can't remember if if he was actually ever getting married or if it was all just a joke. Well, not a joke. If it was all part of the ruse, I think he really was getting married. But the where and when、uh, was part of all of this. I think. I think. I I I cannot remember.、Um, I give the farewell three stars. It's it's a nice atmosphere. It's it's a lot more interestingly shot than Midnight Special, which just feels really guerrilla to me. Um, um, but this film was very thin on substance. I thought.、Um, I think that this was adapted from you know a, a real life story, but the real life story was told on an episode of This American Life、um, by the director, I believe, the writer director. Um, and so it was adapted into a narrative film, and maybe it did deserve to be longer than one episode of This American Life.、Um, and the performances were good.、Um, I thought that the actors were all really good, especially Aquafina, the lead.、Um, she was great. I had never been exposed to Aquafina before. It might have been Crazy Rich Asians that I saw, and you know she's playing kind of like a crazier character in that.、Um, And she's completely different here. Like in Crazy Rich Asians, she has like a short haircut. I believe her hair is bleached. Like she, she, and, and in this film, she looks. She's got dark hair. It's shoulder length, and and I didn't know. I, I don't. I don't know anything about Aquafina. I, I know that she, that, that her, that she comes from Asian descent, and that she is popular online. And that's all I really knew. And I didn't know if she. I didn't know what generation American she was. I didn't know if she spoke Chinese. I didn't know any of that, and so I really liked this film because I just—it's really interesting watching. I don't get exposed to foreign films a lot. This was not a foreign film,、um, but the film is—I would say—about halfway at least in Chinese with subtitles, and it's really interesting actually seeing a film like that、um, when you don't do it that often because the performances that you see are. 
not what you expect. I think sometimes we get caught in a rut um, with the way we expect people to behave um, when we watch American TV or film. And I think it's a lot easier to spot like derivative acting. And I think sometimes when you watch a film that's spoken in another language, you can't predict the rhythms of it like you can um, with uh, with English or or, or um, British English or Australian English or you know it's different. And so in terms of watching the performances and just getting into the language of the film, um, I really enjoyed the the, the Chinese uh, dialogue because. Uh, it just, it just, it was just different. It was something different for me to, to listen to and pick up on. I'm really big on rhythms and writing and language and films. So like whenever people are speaking another language, I just feel like I am dialed in. I can't explain it. Maybe I should watch more foreign films. Anyway, um, I wasn't really invested in these characters though. So that may be weird to say the performances were good, but I didn't really, wasn't really into the characters. I just thought on a technical level, the actors did a really great job. Um, but the characterization, um, you know, there's a lot of characters and, you know, there's only a few that get like a, a good amount of focus and, and it was fine. Just, I think that the film had a lot of filler. It felt like it had a lot of filler. Um, again, this is my opinion. The farewell is a very well done film. I just think that on a, the story wise, I just think that the, the, the script was probably really tight, but I think that story wise, um, the director, you know, there's a lot, a whole lot of atmosphere they shove into this film, and I feel like, especially when it comes down to the runtime, which I believe is tight as well, it just feels like, oh, that's a lot of just. I wasn't into the atmosphere of the film. I'll say that. I'm not gonna say atmosphere is filler because that's kind of ignorant to say. It's atmosphere is not filler, um, but atmosphere uh, sometimes can be like, you know, if you're not into what they're, you know, if you're not into it, and you're not. Um, you're not vibing with the atmosphere yourself. You're not, you're not, you know, I don't know how to explain it. If you're not into the atmosphere of the film, then you're just sitting there waiting for the next scene to start. And I felt that way during this film. Uh, that's just my opinion though. So the farewell gets three stars from me. I'm not sure what Dustin thought of it. We didn't get a chance to record before, uh, we had the baby and, uh, we had to split off for a little bit. So, um, yeah, that's the farewell. Okay. That's it. See ya. Hey everybody, Dustin here from the Hoopercast, bringing you a very quick review of The Farewell. The Farewell was written and directed by Lulu Wang. I believe this is a personal story, something that she went through in her family. But the film stars Aquafina as Billy, the daughter of a Chinese immigrant family. They now live in New York City, and they get word that their uh, that Billy's grandmother has been diagnosed with a terminal form of cancer and does not have very long to live. And so the family devises a plan. Um, their plan is to marry off a uh, one of Billy's cousins uh, to a young Japanese girl that he's dating, although they've only been dating for a few weeks, maybe a couple months. And uh, they're going to marry him off in an effort to get the family together one last time and uh, try to all get together to see the grandmother before she passes. And of course, the big uh, kicker here is they're not going to tell the grandmother that she is dying. Um, evidently, this is fairly common in Chinese culture to uh, not inform someone who's dying that they are dying, and, and they do this so that they have a pleasant experience um, as their life wraps up, as opposed to something where they, they dread and stress over the fact that it's coming and it could be any day. 
Um, and so the family all gathers back in China um, to spend some last quality time with grandmother. Um, but the family decides that Aquafina, that Billy, cannot go because she's too emotional. She would reveal the secret, and so the whole thing would be ruined. But uh, even though they take off without her, Billy decides she's going to go because she cannot sit at home and let her grandmother pass away without getting this last bit of quality time with her. So she goes, and uh, the, the the whole thing is whether the secret will stay a secret and whether uh, the family will, you know, start having second thoughts and all of this kind of thing. And so it's a great family drama. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. For me, this is five stars. This is... Um, one of, if not the best movie I saw last year. This is um, just a, a, an incredible piece of filmmaking and one that um, I'm proud to own on Blu-ray and will watch for years to come. This is, uh, I think, an important film. It's something that sheds light on a culture. It sheds light on how we uh, interact with those who are terminally ill and, uh, and of course, uh, how we view family. And so I think that um, this is a film that really tugged on my heartstrings. It's something that uh, I choked up several times during the course of the film and, uh, and found myself really invested in this story. Um, I, I think there's an added element of, of you know, this, this extra sort of push where we know that this is based on something true. And so, you know, it, it, it gone out the window are the notions of whether or not this is believable uh, because it happens and it is true. And, and I think that um, that's not to say that there's anything in this film that happens that is unbelievable, but just that, uh, you know, you, you buy into the premise because it's true. And, uh, and, and I think that that kind of carries the film, that this film, maybe more than any other I've seen recently, feels true. It feels true to what a family is. It feels true to what a, a, a young uh, woman would go through in this circumstance and, and the allegiance that one feels to one's family, um, as well as to, um, you know, your own desires and emotions and, and what you think is best for someone that you love. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I look the reason I said this is going to be a very quick review and uh, it's looking like it's going to be pretty quick is because I don't have anything to critique here. I mean, there's nothing here that I would say doesn't work. There's nothing that doesn't add up there. The story is focused. It's tight. It makes sense. Uh, it builds, and it escalates to a climax, which is uh, which is moving and and, and phenomenal. Um, you know, the film has some artistic merit to it. it. It doesn't spoon feed you everything, and it expects you to kind of catch up on some things and and fill in blanks in your mind and and um, and that's phenomenal to me because that's how a family reacts. Like if you just came to my family's get together, we may not spend. 30 minutes telling you exposition of like all the backstory of what's happened over the last year or the last 30. We're just going to tell you, you know, what you need to know in the moment. And, and we're going to talk to each other as if we all understand everything because we do. And that's kind of how it feels. It's almost fly on the wall in that sense. We, um, 
get dropped into this family that has a long history and, and they'll talk to each other as if they have a long history and they don't stop to explain everything to the audience. And that's phenomenal. And there's, there's obviously a huge impulse as a screenwriter to stop and explain everything because undoubtedly Lulu Wang sat down and, and created a backstory for this family. And, um, and, and so the temptation as a writer is, well, I want, if I'm going to spend all that work, right, all that mind energy on creating this backstory for this family, I want to, I want to somehow tell the audience, express to the audience what I've created, but that's not necessary. Um, and so the film's a, just sort of a masterclass on, um, on, on screenwriting that is, uh, expeditious. It, 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 it tells you what you need to know, nothing more. It's just what it is. And, uh, and I think that that's a beautiful thing. Um, Aquafina, I had not had any interaction with Aquafina. I know she was in Crazy Rich Asians, which, um, my parents actually let me borrow, I don't know, a year ago, and it's still sitting on my, uh, entertainment center. I, I, I just haven't watched it. Um, so I know Aquafina has been around and I know that people love her, um, but I've never seen anything of her. And so this was just such a great first impression where she's funny and she's heartbreaking and she's such a good performer in this role. And, and, you know, so I can't speak to her prowess as an actress and other, uh, other venues, but this, she is phenomenal in this. In fact, all of the actors are phenomenal in this, um, Every single one of them is believable, and I think I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, as as a, a Western movie watcher, um, I'm not familiar with these people, and I think that some of them, uh, obviously, some of them look familiar. Um, I'm not super uh, like overly uh, familiar with any of them. That, whereas where I would bring baggage to it, like oh, I know you from this. So to me, it just feels like a real family, and that's such a good choice. Um, I also like the fact that this film, um, was shot on location and, and it just feels, it just feels true. So uh, for example, so I watched this film with, uh, my brother who, um, lived in Asia for a couple of years and, 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 uh, and his girlfriend and, and after the film, they told me that was the most realistic, um, take on Chinese life that they had seen ever on film. And, and I think that that means something, um, not just because they bought it because it would be a hard sell for them, but I had already bought into it hook, line and sinker. I, I thought, I mean, this just felt real and I've never been there, but it felt like it was real. And so, um, all that to say, I mean, from the production design to the, the, the casting, to the wardrobe, to hair and makeup, um, and then, of course, screenwriting, performing, directing, it's all just top-notch. I think this film is a masterclass. I think if I had to say anything, there's a moment towards the third act, um, there's a... Uh, uh, a, a, a sequence which I feel like stretches on kind of long um, and kind of bogs down the ending, maybe the pacing just a little bit. It's all super essential. I, I wouldn't get rid of any of it, but I do think that the pace changes at that point. And so your tolerance for that uh, may be different than mine. I loved it. I thought it made sense, um, but it is a noticeable change. 
that's the only thing. That's the only thing I can come up with. I, I racked my brain. What can I talk about? That's about it. Everything is a master class. Like I, I don't see any other point other than maybe that one, right? What is your tolerance for a change of pace in a film? Other than that one, I don't think at all this film has anything that doesn't work. Um, there, there's there, in my opinion, there's nothing that you can critique. There's nothing you can nitpick. There's no plot holes or weird cinema sins. There's nothing. This is a masterclass of filmmaking. I loved it from start to finish. I highly recommend it. Um, five stars. Um, I love it. Um, this uh, this film, I believe, is kind of like making the, the rounds on the rental circuit. Um, I think at the time of this recording, it's 99 cents to rent on Amazon Prime. Um, I don't know how long it'll be that way. Um, it was 99 cents to rent on iTunes. So it's definitely available to you. Um, and of course it's available at Redbox and, um, but I would say, you know what, if you are even vaguely interested in this, I just go buy it. Like it's just worth buying. Um, this is another entry into A24's already phenomenal catalog of, uh, of films that are just phenomenal to, to watch. And so, uh, five stars, fully, fully, fully committed, two thumbs up. Love it. Great. Let's move on. Thanks so much guys. Now we're going to talk about a film called Crawl. The state of Florida has issued a Category 5 hurricane warning. All residents must evacuate immediately. Grab your families, your loved ones, and get out. Dad! We won't be able to come for you. Where's their senses? I can distract them for you. You got this! You need to go now. I'm not leaving you here! was released last year in July. It is directed by Alex Aja, and among the producers are Sam Raimi. Um, 
The synopsis uh, officially here is uh, when a massive hurricane near hits her Florida town, young Haley ignores the evacuation orders to search for her missing father, Dave. After finding him gravely injured in their family home, the two of them become trapped by the rapidly encroaching floodwaters. With the storm strengthening, Haley and Dave discover an even greater threat than the rising water level, a relentless pack, a relentless attack from a pack of gigantic alligators. Um... The cast um, on the cast is uh, Kaya Scodelario and Barry Pepper are the daughter and father. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to read you real quick my letterboxed uh, review of this so you can follow me on that if you want to get these reviews uh, sooner than they are recorded. Um, so here's what I wrote on Letterboxd. Uh, not much to say here. Crawl is a solid survival movie. The gators weren't unrealistically smart. The weather felt accurate. The dangers were all realistic. The performances were solid. And the production design was great. The actors clearly went through a gaunt- the gauntlet making this movie, spending 16 hours a day in a tank filled with ever-increasing floating debris. The script could have been a little more special. A good writer knows how to make even simple plots like this one a bit more interesting. I wouldn't have been impressed with this on paper, but Aja directs it with appropriate tension and keeps me interested in what is happening next. Spark up the car here. Um, I give, I, I, I'm going to give Crawl three stars. Um, and now again, three stars is a tricky rating from us um, because it's, uh, oh God, this car is so loud. I haven't driven this in a few days. Woo. Uh, sorry. I, I hate to, when, when, when you got a new baby, do you want to keep quiet, even in the driveway? Um, all right, let me... Jeez, little God. Sorry, everybody. Scars. <laughs> Feeling old today. Um, all right, so... Uh, three stars from us is normally just like, this is fine. I mean, I gave... Uh, I give other things three stars that I think are just forgettable. Um, that I mildly enjoyed watching, but, you know, wouldn't watch again. So... I, I feel like I always have to explain what end of the spectrum my three star is. Um, sometimes I feel like we need to like redo our rating system to be six stars because I feel like three stars is like the midpoint that where most movies we watch falls into, but they're not all looked at the same. Um, I think I gave Alita Battle Angel three stars, and I think that movie was largely a waste of time. Um, Crawl is not a waste of time. Um, I, I enjoyed it um, a good bit. I just feel like I can't throw it up there at the three and a half, four stars, four and a half, five. You know, I, I feel like uh, I need to talk to Dustin. We got to redo our rating system. I feel like I feel like six stars is in order. Um, yeah, we got to do that. <laughs> uh, if five star never gets used unless the movie is perfect. <laughs> and four and four and a half stars are for like really well done films and blah 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 and three and a half then like three is almost too high for okay films uh anyway be that as it may i'm gonna give crawl a um three star i i i i rented this on itunes it was 99 cents um i watched it on an ipad and um and i enjoyed myself it was a it was a you know it was it wasn't over long um i tend to like movies like this where where the, the, the main conflict is, is man against nature, character against nature. Um, you know, there's always some personal stuff that the character is going through that's, that's worked out. And, you know, you got to give them some sort of characterization or, you know, why are you even watching? Why don't you just YouTube alligator attacks? Um, but uh, I, 
I was I, I was interested in this movie because um, because of the yeah the, the the survival genre is uh is one that I typically uh, like um, I especially think that um, survival horror in the form of like wilderness or elemental survival um, can be very well done if shot right and um, and it's a little bit I don't know a little bit um, it's it's easier to I guess it's easier to wrap your mind around than like supernatural horror you know where like where that can be a good genre too um, you know for being metaphors for um, you know certain emotions or certain um, conflicts but um, character against nature stories um, don't have to carry the emotional resonance of supernatural horror they don't have to have they don't you know um, they don't have to shoulder the burden of uh, trying to sell you on a, a concept or a theme necessarily. Um, so in a sense, they're, they're an easier mark to hit because um, they are um, – uh, what am I trying to say? They are a lot more straightforward. And they know that they'll be judged mostly on is this realistic scenario being – Presented realistically, you know, before I wake, movies like that or Babadook, like those are, those those can't happen in real life. There's no Babadook, and we, there's it's impossible to make your dreams. <laughs> Shit, here's a quotable line: It's impossible to make your dreams come true. Uh, it's impossible to make your nightmares come to literal life. Um, but they're allegories for fear and grief, and um, and loss. Um, but, um, so they're judged on those merits. They're not judged on whether or not this thing, this scenario could happen. It's judged on, all right, are these people acting logically in this scary situation? And is, is, you know, what is this trying to say about this subject? What, what is the monster a metaphor for, um, with crawl or jaws or, um, what was it? Shallow, what shallows, I think it was with Blake Lively. Um, the animals are not an allegory or a metaphor for anything, and I don't think that they should be. Um, I, I do think that they can just be straightforward um, thrillers um, with, uh, uh, you know, a healthy sense of real-world danger. Um, the, the You know, like in Deep Blue Sea, they felt the need to, as part of the plot, the sharks are super smart because they're being experimented on. So you lose an element of realism, I guess, when you make that choice because the sharks can do things like swim backwards or they know how to, they know how to flush you out of a room or, you know, whatever else. Like it's, it's, it's a little, it's less realistic, but it's also like, because it's less realistic, it's not, it, it takes you out of it. Um, Crawl can happen. Crawl could happen to people. Um, it takes place in Florida. It takes place during a hurricane. I live in Lower Alabama, so I'm, I'm familiar with this situation. It, it happens, and and when there's hurricanes, there's uh, especially in low lying areas, or if there's a broken levee, you've got flooding. And if you live in this area, there are alligators. Um, it happens all the time. It happens all the time in Florida. It it. It, it happens a lot. It happens when it doesn't flood. You just what you see videos all the time of people in Florida. They wake up and they go outside. They want to take a swim. There's an alligator in their pool. Uh, you, you go on the diving board and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, there's a gator in there. Um, 
it just happens when there's wildlife around, you know, they, they don't know that it's a pool. Um, they're just going to go in there and cool off. It's hot. I mean, hell, it's spring now. It's not really officially spring, but it's March. It's going to be spring momentarily and it's going to be hot and the gators are going to want to cool off. And if they're just trudging around the yard and the closest thing to them with water is a pool, they don't give a shit. It's awesome. It's cold, nice water. Let's get in. Um, so the idea being here that like she's looking for her dad and um, she's like, oh, I'm going to go to his house. He's not answering his phone. Uh, she goes to his house. She figures out that he's in the basement trying to fix something. Um, but he's, I don't know what's going on. He's on the ground. Um, and I don't know if she saw, the point is she gets down there, realizes there's an alligator down there. And, um, and so uh, she's trapped down there um, with him and uh, it, and then another alligator shows up and then it starts to flood because the storm's getting worse and um, you know what's what's gonna happen um, and the water's rising uh, so eventually we have to find a way out of the basement but the stairs are taken out how do we get out um, anyways so um, point is crawl is enjoyable i think you i would recommend uh going to redbox and renting this movie um this is pretty much what i do i don't i don't review new releases anymore uh, i just can't get out to see them it's not possible but i can tell you what's worth spending 99 cents on and what's worth or two dollars or whatever and i think that crawl is worth it i think it's worth your time um i just don't get your like i said you know don't get your hopes up for like an amazing film, but crawl is perfectly entertaining. And especially for people around here who, you know, I don't know. I, I think that it's a straightforward movie. It's enjoyable. It's not over long. It doesn't overstay its welcome and it doesn't have anybody do anything. As much as Dustin and I come on here and we talk about character and plot and theme and shot composition, um, with a straightforward three star movie, those, it's, I'm not holding this film to that standard, but that's one of the reasons it gets in scores lower. It's not a cinematic masterpiece, but most people who are going to watch a movie like this only care if it's realistic. Like they don't want, they, they care that the, the hero is smart and the, and the peril is realistic. Um, our hero, uh, Haley is smart and capable. Um, the danger she's in feels realistic and, um, and not at all, um, you know, sensationalized or um, embellished by um, fantasy. Um, the sharks, the sharks, the the gators are CG, um, but you obviously can't do this movie without fake gators. Um, but I thought the movie was worth the price of admission, which was a dollar for me. I think that it's worth uh, a rental for, you know, anybody, for most people. Um, and uh, what would I change? I mean, if I'm nitpicking, um, I think, I, yes, like I said in the letterbox review, I think that the script could have been better. I think that, you know, you, um, like I said, like with straightforward um, thrillers like this, um, with its, its person against nature, sometimes because the film's not getting judged on a thematic um uh, um, scale, then 
the script sort of tends to suffer, right? Horror is tends to be better written than thrillers like this are because, or, you know, than survival stories are because, um, again, there's the absence of metaphor and, um, um, the, the character conflict tends to not be as, um, uh, rich, uh, at least that, that's my opinion. Um, so, Again, you know, you, it's it's a it's a take it's a give and take because you you don't get you don't have to be held to the standard that horror does, but you kind of suffer in the terms of character interest. So you what you can do is keep the character interactions, you know, brief, believable, direct, um, but really focus on the plot elements because otherwise the movie is going to drag every time the gators go away and she wants to talk to her dad. Um, they kept that pretty, you know, that, that, that stuff was a little bit stilted, I thought. Um, and, uh, I wasn't that interested, you know, it's like, Oh, you don't want to talk to me. Um, but it wasn't my fault. And, you know, it's just like, okay. So that was really kind of stock, but, um, I still commend the actors for trying to make those scenes work. And I commend the actors for spending, you know, 18, 16, 18 hour days on a flooded set, uh, swimming and being tired and getting bruised and cut open. And, you know, I, I applaud them for this production design. I don't know how big, I would love to see a behind the scenes featurette on this movie, um, just to see the set, like how big was it? You know, there's overhead shots. So clearly they built, you know, this entire house and then they flooded it. So that's really cool. And I would have loved to see what it was like filming on a set like that. That's crazy. Um, anyways, Crawl is uh, on the upper end of my three stars. And um, I, I just, uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. I, I wouldn't watch it again. Um, there's nothing There's nothing begging a repeat viewing. Like I said, the story is straightforward. Once you know how it ends, it's kind of like, all right. Um, but, um, but it's still worth a watch in my opinion. And uh, Alex Aja actually directed another one of the films I'm going to talk about coming up, uh, Horns. So, um, and uh, I guess he directed Piranha 3D, but uh, most people know his other films, but I knew his name, but uh, when I was looking through what else he directed, I realized like, oh my God, he directed Horns. Uh, Horns is, I'm reading Horns right now. And as soon as I'm done reading it, I'm going to watch Horns and then I shall review Horns. Um, So, Look forward to that. Uh, all right, I'm gonna throw it out now to whatever's next, and um, yeah. All right, that's gonna be our show this week. Uh, stay safe. I just want to say real quick, like, um, just just be smart I, with the coronavirus going on. And everything. Um, I mean, you should be smart with your germs already because it's flu season or it was flu season. Um, but, you know, with the coronavirus is, you know, things are closing left and right. And by the time this actually comes out, who knows, you know, everything that might be closed right now. I mean, Disney's closed, Universal's closed, the NBA is closed, um, you know, South by Southwest closed, a bunch of stuff is happening. So uh, who knows what kind of closures are going to happen between, um, I'm recording this on Friday, between now and when the, this um, episode is released. So um, wash your hands, avoid large crowds, be smart. Um, 
maybe stock up on some dry goods. Um, I, I just, again, if you're in the listener demographic for this show, you're probably not in any danger unless you have a respiratory illness, but, um, you could be spreading the disease to your loved ones who are older and more susceptible to the to the disease. Um, what you need to worry most about is public disruption. So you need to have a plan for if you have to work remotely, you need to have a plan for your kids if they're in school and their school gets closed. You need to have a plan if, um, you know, if Walmart decides to shut down. Um, just, you know, don't be freaked out. You know, don't, don't be hysterical, but be smart and, um, you know, try to... Uh, try to um, just be smart with your resources and uh, just wash your hands. It's not that fucking hard. And um, stop touching your face. Stop picking your nose. Um, you know, scratching your butthole. You know, all these things. Just keep your hands clean. Keep your hands off your face. And um, and don't be gross. And um, hopefully this will pass uh, quicker um, than currently projected. So, all right. Anyway, that's the show. See you next week. Goodbye.